Good afternoon. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana. I'm sure all of you know where Fishers, Indiana is. It's just to the north of Indianapolis, a great little city of about 120,000 people. Thank you all for coming to Tom's World Language Cafe and listening to the program today. And we'd like to thank the Apple Corporation for sponsoring the podcast. Now, we're very fortunate today because uh, we have a very, very special guest, and we'll talk about her in just a minute. I would invite you to our next show, which comes up in October, and we're going to have Guero Loco here, the rapper turned teacher turned student, and you're going to hear a lot of fun things about what Guero Loco is doing now, and a lot of you that follow him, especially the dual language people. Now... So who do we have today? We have none other than Cindy Patel. Cindy Patel lives in, uh, um, teaches rather, in Speedway, Indiana. And she has been teaching for several years. We'll talk about that in a minute. And she is uh, a great, great teacher and a longtime friend. I'm just delighted that she would take time to be on our show. So... Um, it's September 22nd. It's chilly in Indianapolis, a rainy day, but uh, we are excited that Cindy's going to be talking here. Cindy, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. Now, uh, yeah, as I mentioned, stay close to the microphone, right? Here we go. Now, so Cindy, can you tell us a little bit about um, where you are from and uh, uh, where you studied at? Yes. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for doing. Well, that. you are. Del- we we just delighted to have you on the show, and thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you. Okay, I'm from the west side of Indianapolis. I attended Ritter High School, and after attending Ritter, I went to Ball State and studied four years there, and then came back to Indianapolis, back to my home, and did my student teaching at Ben Davis High School with Tom Alsop, with you. And um, the, I believe the last week of my student teaching, there was an opening at Speedway High School. And I remember sitting down with Tom and Tom talking to me about applying and giving me pointers and telling me what to do. And um, I went in that day and applied. And within three or four days, I had a job um, at Speedway before I had even graduated from Ball State. So I was very fortunate. And um, I've been at Ball State now, or sorry, I've been at Speedway High School now for 31 years. This is my third for sure. Well, congratulations on a great, great career that you're having. And uh, I also know that uh, you uh, were also friends and a, and, a, and a student of one of my uh, dear friends uh, in, in, the, in the profession, uh, Dr. Brown, James Brown, right? Yes. Yes, I was. I, um, he was one of my professors at Ball State. I had him for several classes um, throughout my four years there. Now, so why did you get interested in Spanish? Why did you want to teach Spanish and not French or, or not English or math? Well, it's actually funny because I did, originally, I always wanted to be a teacher. I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a teacher. And um, I went to Ball State thinking I was going to teach math. That was my hope was that I'd be a math teacher. And... Um, after my first class there, I decided that that wasn't for me. So I was taking Spanish classes because I enjoyed Spanish. It wasn't because I planned to teach it, but I enjoyed it. 
And then I took um, some English classes thinking I'd become an English teacher. And that lasted for about two semesters. And then um, I went to Spain my sophomore year. And I went to Spain with my um, professors at Ball State, Dr. Barnett. You may have known Dr. Barnett. And Yeah, great. Um, another great professor. Anna's yeah. wife. Anna's wife. Yes, both of them. I had both of them yes. for uh, many classes, literature, language, everything. And um, once we, when we were in Spain um, for the five weeks, that's when I decided I wanted to be a Spanish teacher. Um, it was just such a great experience traveling the country, taking classes, um, living with the host family. And then I felt like that was my true calling was Spanish. Did, didn't you go to San Luis Potosí with us? Yes. yes. I thought yes. you did. Yes. What a great time that. that was, right? And, and yes. that was Dr. So Salmon, right, from IU, Dr. Salmon, yes. Russ Salmon. He uh, helped me direct this, pro this program for the listeners that we had in San Luis Potosí, Mexico. And it lasted, I think we were there 12 years before we moved the program to Guadalajara, then to Madrid, and then to Havana, Cuba. So uh, you people, for summer programs, we do have uh, some neat programs. We now go to Havana, Cuba, Madrid, Madrid and España, and Guadalajara, Mexico. And uh, yeah, and then and you can, uh, the listeners, you can actually get six hours of graduate credit in Spanish through the University of Colorado. So it's really a great great experience and an opportunity that we have with that program. Uh, it's sponsored by World Strides uh, Travel Company. Now, uh, so I do have a question for you about your family because I, I believe you, right, your family, some of the folks are from India, right? Yes. Can you yes. tell us about your family a little bit? Yeah, so my um, my dad was from India. Um, he came to the United States when he was 18 years old and came to study, um, to go to college and become an engineer. And he uh, was an engineer here in Indianapolis. He met my mother um, in um, an office that they were both working at, and they got married in um, 1967. And um, he was really one of the first people to come from India um, that would marry somebody who was not Indian. Um, so it was kind of broke the, uh, the barriers there for that. So he um, married my mom and then had my brother and I. And um, after that, my cousins came from India and some other aunts and uncles came from India. And so now they've all um, have their families here and are um, doing well. Um, doing many different things, running many different businesses and professionals. And so mo most of your family's here right now, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought most of your f folks are here. Now, do you get back to India ever or no? No, I. that's one of my bucket list things when to do when I, gra when I retire. Not graduate, when I retire, <laughs> um, I plan, I would like, love to go to India. I'd okay. love to go there and see all the places. Now, what about... Uh, your family here. Now, I know uh, Jade is a, a wonderful, wonderful person. And uh, can you tell us about Jade a little bit and your and your daughters, right? Yes. So Jade is my husband. Um, we've been married eight, almost eight years now. Um, he works downtown at the post office. He runs the programs for the computers, just tell the mail where to go and how to be delivered. And um, 
very, very um, good job for him down there. Um, he's been there his entire career. And then I have a daughter, um, Abby, who lives up in Monticello, Indiana, and she is a preschool teacher um, and engaged, and she's going to get married in next September. And then my son, Perry, um, just graduated from Ball State, and he is working for a logistics company on the north side of Indianapolis. Um, seems to be really enjoying that. And then my youngest is uh, Macy, and she is 14, and she's a freshman here at Speedway. And she's very involved with theater and singing and dancing. And, and she's quite like, good, right? She's very good. And uh, yeah, she, she where has she been? Uh, she's in... She's been out here at the, it's the dinner theater, right? Or, yeah, she's yeah. been at Beef and Board for two shows. Right. And right now she's rehearsing for Footlight. And she's 14. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing yes. stuff. Yeah, that is that is incredible. And uh, now you're the chair of the department, right? At Speedway, correct? Yeah. So how, yes. what does that yes, involve? Is that is that a, a tedious job, I recall? Just all those things. Once upon a time, it, I remember they were tedious. Yes. <laughs> so they can be. Yes, they can be. Um, I think the what we're, what I my role basically is is just more for curriculum al curriculum alignment. Um, I also take care of you know making sure that we have everything that we need for our classes, all our books, all our orders. You know that that's always time consuming when it's time for ordering new books or um, textbook adoption. And then also making sure that I do the training, you know, if we have a new teacher come in or um, when we have to hire, I help with the hiring process and with the interviews. Um, and just to make sure that everything's going smoothly in our department. We have about 450 students here at Speedway, and the other Spanish teacher and I um, have a little over half of those students in our two classes. So we have pretty good-sized amount have, of students. You have a lot of students, right? Yeah, that's... Um, so, uh, but anyway, this, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, the, uh, I'm going to be with you in a second here. I've got a, a call coming in, but I am not going to take it here. Let me. See if I can get my. Uh... That came in on my iPad, and unfortunately, I had not turned oh. it off. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> All okay. right, we're going to continue yeah. with this neat interview. It's like the classroom, it's just like the classroom. Just like the classroom. We're always in the classroom, right? Home is a classroom, right? <laughs> yes. Every, everything's a classroom. All yes. right. Now, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I'm going to branch out a little bit here and talk about your, in, what, what are your... the listeners heard me that it's a little reality to this show yes, we need exactly. a little reality you know all right so anyway back to the, the the topic at hand here travel experiences so 
You, you really like San Luis. I remember that very well. You had a great time. Uh, what about Spain? You, what did you like about Spain? Oh, everything. I loved everything about Spain. I loved being in Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved going to all those little bars and the um, cafes and um, the shopping, everything. And I mean, the I, food, right? The food, the, food. the food was delicious. Oh, ice cream. Ice cream in Spain <laughs> is so much better than everywhere else. Yeah, and I always remember they. What was the word they had used for uh, a scoop of ice cream? And I can't remember what it was. I guess it was a bola or something. Yeah. Bola de lado. Uh, I'm not sure that's how they said say it in España. I think in Mexico they might say that. I can't remember the exact word. But the ice cream in Spain was delicious, wasn't oh. it? Oh, the helado was to die for. Yes. Yes. And uh, so. Um, I know you, you've done a great job in the classroom. You're just super dedicated, very extremely creative. What's the most the fun things you like to do in class with the students that you think really pay dividends, you know, on the learning end of it? Well, I think first, the most important thing I think they do is build relationships with the kids. Like I, 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 I really enjoy kids and talking with them and working with them. So any kind of speaking exercise activity, Oral activity is probably my the most fun that we have in class. Yeah. I enjoy doing that with them. I enjoy having them um, pair the, up and do activities. You and, do a lot of skits and things, right? Skits. Oh yeah, lots of skits, lots of skits, lots of presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, we still do a lot of the warm up stuff that I learned when I did my student teaching with you. When we stand up and repeat the alphabet and do tongue twisters and competitions mm-hmm. with tongue twisters and. Um, things like that, and listening exercises. <laughs> I just try to vary it as much as I can. Yeah, we had some great times when you were there. That, that you did a great job there. I remember the kids loved you. You had great, great um, rapport with the students, incredibly good. And you were very extremely creative as well. Now, then you've gone on, right? You've gone on to do your online uh, teaching as well. Tell the listeners about that. Yeah. This is really interesting, Yes. So about 14 years ago, um, when I was actually pregnant with Macy, um, I, they, I was um, offered a job to teach with Indiana Online um, Academy to teach their um, Spanish. They did not have a Spanish teacher at the time. So they um, asked me to come on board and to write the curriculum for just the Spanish one class. So I um, learned how to write program, write the questions and write everything up to build a curriculum for the Spanish one for an online class. And um, that was very successful. We had lots of students taking Spanish. And I think when we first started, we, I probably had a total of like less than 20 kids. Um, and then throughout the years, it's grown and grown. Um, they eventually we added Spanish two and I wrote the curriculum for Spanish two and then uh, wrote the curriculum for Spanish three which we, are, we have now. And actually this last summer they added AP Spanish. So we have um, one through AP and this last summer, um, teaching Spanish three, we had 11 teachers plus me teaching Spanish three hmm. just for the summer courses. So we are now, I mean, I don't probably teaching Spanish throughout the summer, we would probably have 15 teachers that do it. And originally, when I first started, I was the only one. So it's grown tremendously. Um, 
it's been a really, really good experience for me. I've enjoyed it. Um, now, I know who, teaching online is not everyone's favorite. Everybody, you know, likes to be in person, but for some kids, that's not possible. Um, I have students throughout the school year who have med who have medical issues and they can't um, can't be in the school system. So you know, they take the online courses, and then we have a lot of kids in the summer who take Spanish. Um, to clear up their schedule so that they can take another class during the school year or if they want to jump ahead and get, um, you know, be able to take like another year of Spanish at their high school, their senior year, they'll do that. So it's been good. It's been a really great experience. It's, um, it is, it's a lot of work, but I've enjoyed it and um, I enjoy the freedom of it because it's something I can do in the summer or during the school year um, in the evening when I'm home, um, you know, or sitting by the pool. Beautiful. So you've taken your talents to a higher level in a way that, uh, I mean, not necessarily a higher level, but to uh, broaden your scope of teaching, which is incredibly interesting. And you're helping kids, right? The the kids who can't, for whatever reason, go to normal classes, right? And there's right. a lot of them, right? There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. A lot of folks that... Uh, you know, that has some tough times and they need the help like this. So congratulations. That's wonderful. Great work. And we're just proud of this. We can be of you. So just beautiful. Now, um, tell me a funny thing, a couple funny things that happen while you're teaching class. We always have these crazy stories, right? Oh my gosh. Well, <clears throat> I think, and this is from years ago. Um, I had a student, we were writing like pen pal letters and I was like reading over some of their pen pal letters. And um, one of the students said, and this was probably before even Google Translate because the kid had used a diction, had to use a dictionary. <laughs> and he, um, he said on the bottom of his thing, he said, nos vemos escribeme espalda. And I, I looked at it and I said, escribeme espalda? Like, what are you trying to say? He says, you know, write me back. And I said, oh, no, 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 that's espalda. Like, that's your back. That is not how you say it, right? <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah. Um, I've had, and I think, there's, I don't know, I, I think some of the other things that have happened, Some I have a uh, back room to my classroom, kind of like an office space, and um, if I would go to get a cup of coffee or run down to get a copy off the copy machine, um, some of my students would disappear on me, and I'd find them hiding in the back room. And they would be laughing and giggling, thinking though I'd never find them. And they were in the back, um, you know, just hiding from me with all the lights off. Um, one of my favorite favorite things that happened is, um, I think it was two years ago on one of my birthdays, um, my students got me out of the classroom. They had the principal call me down for something. And when I came back up, they had a party for me. They had got brought food in. And um, some of their mothers had cooked some enchiladas and tamales and things, and we had a party. But they did it as like a surprise party for me. Oh, how so it was nice! Really, it was a yeah. really neat, it was a really that, neat treat for them to do that. The of me has spotted. I have to tell you a little story about that. I the same thing happened to me, and and I had a student. She was studying in Chile, and I think she was, I can't remember. She was just got out of high school, I think, and had gotten on some program in Chile. And she said, she wrote me a letter and she said, Escriba me espalda. And uh, so that that particular sentence, uh, 
Dan and I did a book, my son Dan and I did a book called uh, 85 No, No, No's, you know? And uh, there are 85 errors that the kids make, the most frequent errors, right? And the um, book's gotten really good response, but, uh, and the people like it because, you know, it, it's, it emphasizes ways you can teach, you know, so that kids learn not to do those things. But that's one of the sentences. Another one is, and we used to meet with with teachers and college, high school teachers, college teachers, and we I used to ask them what were the, some of the errors, right? And I kept track of them over the years. Right. So when they're in the book, and one of them was let's study, you know, let's study. And uh-huh. some students would say lechuga estudiar, let us study. Oh my God. Lechuga estudiar. <laughs> And then uh, that that made the book. And Azul Arriba, the building blew up. Azul Arriba. And so that one made the book. And uh, uh, there are some funny things in the book. And, uh, and of course, the the famous ones, uh, Un Otro Libro, right? Another book, Un Otro Libro, just Otro Libro, right? So, you know, the kids keep making these errors, though. They do it. For right. years and years, they, they go through four years of high school, two or three years of college or four years, and they keep doing it. They keep making these right. errors. And I don't know what it is. They just don't seem to internalize what they're doing, right? right. And uh, uh, so I just really now I try to go through the first couple of weeks of class and I go over a lot of these errors. I said, just don't write a composition with un otro libro, you know? And oh, no. They still make the error. Or me yeah. gusto el libro, right? Me gusto yes. instead of gusta. And, it, it, and they I know. Do that, they do that in college too? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, do they really? Oh, yeah. They keep doing these things. But I don't know why they do that. And that and, but the, the book, there's only one page of it. There's a page of activities where they, they get a practice with that one point, right? So it's kind of fun. And, you know, you, if you don't want them to say un otro libro, you know, they, they, they practice or escribe me espalda, and it tells them the way to do it, and then they go through and get in. If they do it, they don't keep doing it, right? But the trouble is when teachers grade compositions, you know, as, as well as I do, you have to hurry through to get through them all. You know, yeah. you've you got 140, 150 kids a day in high school. You don't have time to go, you know, you go, oh, and, and you're right in red, you'll say it's otro libro. And the kids... Yeah. <laughs> looks at his essay and he might have 25 errors right you know you know how that goes and uh, he's going oh yeah and they don't sit and go over every you know they just, they don't have time either so nobody yeah. has time and it's like we get into this time warp thing you know where we're just constantly spinning our wheels with some of these grammar things you know and but it happens it happens in all the high schools it happens in colleges and it still keeps going you know so I mean, it isn't life or death, you know. I mean, they can, you know, if they say that in a sentence, who cares? As long as they're in Mexico, right? The fact, the important point is they're communicating and, and make, give it a try, right? And they're able to, you know, speak. That's the big thing. Now, so uh, what about your thoughts about uh, world language study? Why do you think people should take world uh, world language in class to study? Well, I, th- I think the probably... Um, the main reason is to understand other people's cultures and to become more empathetic mm-hmm. and to um, get to know what other people are and who they are and to know about them. Um, you know, especially now, you know, 
there's so many different cultures and so many different people. And, um, you know, for so long, you know, I'm just thinking here in Speedway, for so long it was just your typical small town. And um, now we've grown to, we have so many different languages. I think we have like 40 some languages that are spoken here. Um, and different religions and different backgrounds. And it's just so important for kids to understand those other cultures. So I think studying world language helps with that. And it offers, you know, obviously it offers up a lot of opportunities for what they want to do when they, you know, leave school. Um, but I just think to help people understand what it's like to learn another language, you know, we have students, I think we have um, 22 new students um, to, to speak with this year that don't speak any English. And the, for those kids who are in Spanish class, they can look at those kids that are trying to learn English and know how it feels to be in a country where, you know, yes, they don't know. Yes, beautiful. Yes, very, very well, well said. Now, what do you think the best techniques are for teaching a world language? I know we have TPRS, we have comprehensible input and others. Uh, would you say it's more of a mix Okay, that's what I'm going to say. I am I am probably old school when you say that because I don't do any, I mean, I do all of those things, but I do the, a mix of everything. I am very, I think I asked my... Um, pragmatic, that's the... That's yes, the pragmatic. Way. I think the term is um, eclectic. Eclectic, yes. Practical, Prac practical. Yes, because yeah, I do... Pragmatic or eclectic, yes. Everything. Yes. And, and you know, um, that that's very important to the people listening, teachers especially young teachers, uh, because uh, when you do a little bit of everything, the class has an incredible variety to it. Students usually continue taking Spanish in the advanced classes and other from level to level. The enrollments don't drop as much as when you perhaps get on one way to do things, right? And I would caution people out there teaching, you know, there are many ways we can teach, right? There are many methods that are good, but a variety of methods is worth doing, right? And uh, it's like, you know, variety is a spice of life. And we, if we just do one thing over and over and over, it gets very monotonous sometimes, right? Isn't that what you would say? Okay, yeah. So I, I think the most important thing is having a variety and um, doing lots of different things. So I'm not somebody who does stories every day or does grammar every day. I try to vary it. Um, and actually, I owe that a lot to you, Tom, because you are my mentor. You still are my mentor. Um, everything that that I do with my classes came from you um, because I learned so much. I mean, that was, um, that was so much part of my um, growing and becoming a teacher. And, you know, even in college, I had some good teachers and some good um, uh, methods classes, but actually doing my student teaching with you was the best part of it, because that's where I learned to become a well, teacher. You're, you're very kind, yes, and you... And, you no, know, it is so true, because, you know, sometimes I get, I get, and I maybe all teachers do this, I get sucked into doing something for a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, the kids are getting bored, the kids are, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of weeks, I'm tired of doing this, and then I'll pull out something that you've show me or I'll look back at something that we used to do and, like, and do it and, and then my kids see them alive again like it gives them that spice and um, you know just like you were talking when I was talking to you before the show about um, doing um, the little 
competitions with the groups of four. I'm like, you know, we haven't done that in a while. That's something I need to bring back. And one day I was thinking about the tongue twisters. You know, I know we used to do the tongue twister um, in groups, and then they would get up and say, "Yes, them. you yes. know." And every once in a while, I'll bring that stuff back. And that's what the that's what the kids like to do. They and you know when they like to do it, you can get a lot more work out of them. Absolutely, you can get them to do more things, and yeah. they want to continue to take your class. And, yes, um, you know you have to have you know being at least for us being an elective, you have to have something to catch their attentions absolutely yes um so cindy cindy why do you think uh what is creativity in the classroom what what does that involve you know we hear these things about teachers are creative what do you think that means i mean how do we know we're dealing and talking to a creative teacher how do we know that i think creativity is um, always doing, trying different things and doing new things. Um, you know, I never ever teach the same thing the same way every year. Um, I probably could have saved my time, might save myself lots of time throughout the years if I used my same lesson plans, but I never have done that. Um, I'm very proud to say that in 31 years, I've never used lesson plan over and over and over. Um, I'm always that's uh, that's outstanding. Yes, good for you. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, so, um, do you think that creativity is uh, something that's taught? Or do you think people can become creative and get better at it? You know, maybe they aren't as creative. Do they get better? Oh, I think, I think you definitely can get better. I think by looking for, you know, searching new ways, um, asking for help, asking for ideas... Um, you know, you can always become more creative by asking for ideas and looking, researching, um, using the, you know, internet, Google to find things because there's lots of things out there. You just need to find them and, yes. and give them a try. So what teachers do you think inspired you the most during, oh, your, during your career? Well, that's easy. You. <laughs> oh, wow. you, you definitely... Thank you so much. That's very kind. Gosh. Yeah. Because I think um, I remember in, I don't know if you mind me telling this, but I remember when I was finishing up my last year at um, Ball State and we were getting ready for the student teaching. And um, one of my professors said to me that he said, what are you doing with your student teaching? And I said, oh, with Tom also. He said, oh, Tom's going to eat you up. So what do you mean? He said, he's not, he's, you're going to have a really difficult time. So I was scared to death. I was scared to death when I came to meet you. And you had actually had um, a friend of mine um, had been in your class. And she said, oh, you're going to love. So she was telling me the other thing. She said, oh, you're going to love Mr. Alsop. He's a great teacher. You're going to love him. So I was scared to death. And I remember coming in that first day, worried to death that it was going to be bad. And um, it was the best experience. I mean, I can't, I don't, I wouldn't have continued with teaching if I would not have been the teacher I am or continue teaching if it wouldn't have been for my student teaching experience. Well, you are uh, so kind. That is really nice. Uh, and you're exaggerating, but it's nice. <laughs> so, no, no I'm not. You. I am well, not. I tell, you I tell were, people you, that all the time. You were a great teacher as well. So, you know, it's a, you did all this work and, you know, you've done a great job and a great had a great career. And we're all just proud of you as we could be in the profession. And you've been a great contributor to language learning. And uh, 
So, you know, give yourself a pat on the back every day for what you've done with students, and you've done a great job. And uh, so, um, so what's going on in the classroom? Do you think teachers can improve what they're doing? What do we need to do to improve? Uh, I want to go back a minute. You know that when I taught back in the, back in the day, when you were a student teacher, uh, we had immersion program, right? I mean, it was, right. it was full on, full force. Everything was in Spanish. Uh, and it was an immersion type situation. However, we didn't call it comprehensible input, et cetera, et cetera. And now we're into the comprehensible input, which, by the way, and you know this, in the 90s was, it was available in the 90s, right? And, we, right. And, and a lot of us, probably including you, I think, we all did a lot of comprehensible input in the 90s. Now it's come full circle and it's back. And uh, uh, so we've got all these things going on in TPRS, you know, uh, teach, uh, teaching proficiency through, through reading and speaking. That was all here too, right? So right. everything kind of has gone in a circle, but we're back to where we were. But um, I always tell people this when we talk about teaching. You know, I always say variety is the spice of life. How about checking into multiple intelligences by Gardner. Remember Howard Gardner? Oh, yes. When he had yes. multiple intelligences and how we need to teach toward uh, the interests of the kids, right? And uh, there was that, for example. There were uh, there were so many different beautiful ideas that we got from other people over the years. There was Tracy Terrell, who did a great job with the immersion uh, piece, uh, you know, of learning languages through speaking and uh uh, so there are so many people that contributed, and I think it's good to keep keep doing things by those people, don't you? You know oh, that yeah. that really yeah. made a difference, and and their creativity was off the charts, you know. And so I think we got to pay attention not just to the present, but to the past as we look into the future about uh, bringing some pragmatism, pragmatic ideas in back into teaching a little bit, perhaps. Um, so what can be improved in world language teaching? What do you think needs to be improved? Well, I think the, well, I, th I think with technology, we have to continue to embrace that and use that for our advantage. Um, I, there's, there are a lot of resources out there and there's a lot more things that we can share with our students who may not ever travel or may not um, have the opportunities that some students have. So I think we can improve upon using those resources to our advantage and um, having that help us to further the kids' um, conversational skills and to further their cultural awareness. And um, Yeah, and, and I, I, I think that's a great idea. And one of the things we talked about before we came on the, uh, before you came on the show was uh, this idea about... Um, um, using uh, the technology, but still have interactive classes, right? right? You know, where you can, you know, we, we, you can take your PDF, your PowerPoint, flash it on the screen, but you can also put the, the kids in groups or teams of three or four and let them do some oral work with, the, with the whatever's on the screen and, and produce, you know, a little theater. We have a little theater going, skits, you know, videotape the stuff or, you know, on the phones. 
And you get all these possibilities, but you could spin off the technology and still bring back interactive things, right? Where there's human right. interaction. And I guess in the end where they act things out and they really, and they work in the teams as they're looking at the screen and there's all kind of dynamic processes going on here. So I think that's something that we can do with technology. You know, right. we, can, we can bring back this human interaction factor by some yes, group definitely. dynamics of teaching where we don't just get stuck where, we're, you know, we're always, you know, it's always the teacher talks a while, students fill out a worksheet, but, you know, where there's actually live dynamic interaction going on with the kids, with each other, right? And with, right. you know, with the teacher. So there's a lot of good, good things, I think, as you mentioned when we talked about things that happen with technology. Now, we're on the Zoom, right? So here we are in the Zoom room. We're in the Zoom now talking for the listeners. And the, the process I have been using with Zoom, which I really like, I used to do the shows via Skype. And uh, so now I do them on Zoom. And so uh, the teachers visit the, the Zoom room here and, and we chat. And uh, while we're talking, I video, I uh, record, I don't video, I record the broadcast on GarageBand, which I have on my uh, iMac here in my office. So it does a great job of, of recording, et cetera, the, the garage band. So, um, but it's the Zoom, right? What about the Zoom? Do you like the, the Zoom? I had fun with it during COVID. I got tired of it, though. And I, got, I thought it got tedious after a while. Do, do you have the same feels, feeling for that? Yeah, yes. Oh, I'd much rather be in person. I mean, I love yes. being in person with my classes. Um, but, I mean, in the beginning, I enjoyed it. it at least it was a way to have class. Um, I liked being able to do the breakout rooms. I did find that that was very tedious to do breakout rooms when you had, at one time I had 65 kids, um, on my, uh, Zoom <laughs> and trying to monitor oh, that. God. Was kind of oh, you, you deserve a, an award, a, a golden <laughs> globe award for the Zoom yeah, room. That, that was a little difficult. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awful. All yeah. right. But that, that's incredible. But it does, it gets a little tedious, but it, but it helped at least. What yes, you were able to, to have, come, yes, yeah, without being live. Now, when I mentioned about uh, the human interaction, you know, on the screen, I, I'm talking about obviously that you can uh, do this in 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 teams and and things, and where they're speaking by pro, you know projecting it onto the screen, whatever it is they're doing, and they talk about it, and interact, etc., and then they perform live in in real classroom setting, right? So, uh, but where you bring technology into the mix and still have your human interaction, right? So it's, right. It, it works. Um, do you have any advice for young teachers starting out today? Um, I think the most important thing is you have to learn to be patient. You have to learn to be flexible. Um, don't get stuck on doing just one way. Um, try different ways. You let each student is different, each class is different. And so what works for one class may not work for another. What works for one student may not work for another student. And you just have to be willing to change and adapt. And um, you have to you have to be flexible. Teaching is one of those jobs where um, things come at you every day, all day long, and you have to be good at putting out fires. And um, you just have to know that going in that that it's not a job that goes from nine to three thirty or eight to three thirty or four. It's one of those jobs. Those, those kids become part of your lives and you want the best for them and 
you'll do whatever you can to help them succeed. So, you know, it's a tough job. It's very rewarding, but it's a tough job. Yes. Well said. Beautifully said. Um, Now, so... um, I appreciate you being on the show. There was one more question. I, I just for curiosity, do you speak any other languages? I didn't. No, I just actually just speak English and Spanish. And Spanish. Well, that's and, that's good. My dad taught us a few words, but not very many okay. in, in Hindi. <laughs> okay. Now, so thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an honor to have you on the show, and uh, you are just uh, an incredible teacher. And we're very proud that the job you're doing every day with those kids and. Uh, you're just a uh, uh, tremendously creative teacher, and we are just very proud of you, and, and, and we thank you so much for all your dedication over the years. And uh, we will be in contact later, and hopefully we'll see you at IFLTA, right, at the right. conference? Right. Coming up. Coming up, yes. And that's live. It's going to be live for the listeners. Yes. Uh, the Indiana Foreign Language Teachers Association Conference is coming up uh, the first weekend in November. And it's, I think, at the Marriott Hotel uh, on I-70 and 465 in that zone. And uh, everybody, please try to be there and wear your mask if if you're concerned about that and uh, because of COVID. But I think it's going to really take place and be live, and we're excited about that. Uh, Cindy, again, I thank you so much, and uh, you're such a credit to the profession. And... uh, uh, we're just proud of all the work you've done. Beautifully said, okay? Thank you very much. And, thank uh, you. And we'll be in touch, okay? Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, listeners, thank you for being with us. Guero Loco is next. He's coming up in October. We'll catch up with you. This is our 10th year of our broadcast, and we're very happy that we're celebrating our decimo año, our 10th year in this show. So thank you so much. Everybody have a great week. Nos vemos. Bye.